Welcome back to an all-new edition of the BWI Daily Recruiting Show. Ryan Snyder joining us as always here. I'm Greg Pickles. We kick off another week of Penn State spring practice and review a lot of recruiting news. Ryan T. Frank and I, who is, of course, doing our producing today, were down in Baltimore for the latest Under Armour camp. And at the same time, Penn State was hosting a number of visitors on campus both over the weekend and also earlier this week. So, Ryan, let's start with the Under Armour camp, a loaded event as it always is down at Calvert Hall College High School, which that always is a mouthful for me to say, in uh, Towson, Maryland. But it brought a lot of talent to the region. It was great to be back at a camp like that in a much more, I would say, normal setting compared to what it used to be like. And we were able to talk to a lot of players and prospects and, and watch those guys on the field. And, you know, I'll open up the floor and the bidding for wherever you want to start with this. We uh, talked to numerous guys, and it was, as it always is, uh, full of talent if anyone's not aware of what that camp is. It's basically a, one of many regional events for the Under Armour All-American game. They invite a couple of kids. Usually after each stop, they'll invite more along the way here as that All-Star game gets closer. And they've also, of course, been inviting guys uh, previously before these camps even started. So, Ryan, uh, let's just start with your opening takeaways, the top things you learned while we were down there. And other than, you know, it can still be very cold and windy and otherwise uh, snowing at times in late March in Towson, Maryland. Yes. Yes, that, that was the only negative of the day, just from the perspective of not just because we're out there freezing all day, but I do feel like it kind of impacted the way some guys perform. You know, I felt like when we were watching quarterbacks, wide receivers, DBs at the end of the day, you know, everybody was just a lot of misthrown balls and, you know, guys that, yeah, you know, if it's 75, 80, I think they're performing a little bit better. I think a lot of guys were kind of just uh, worn out by the end of the the end of the day, which I think it got colder as the day went on. I don't think I'm exaggerating that. I think you guys would agree with that. It was yeah. miserably windy as well. So, uh, but man, standouts of the day. So there's a lot of places to start. I, I think the biggest thing that grabbed my attention uh was was what i reported uh sunday night and you know talked about briefly on the live show yesterday which is tony rojas admitting that penn state is his favorite school right i mean we we don't see many guys nowadays admit that a school uh is truly their favorite uh, a lot of top threes a lot of guys saying you know you know maybe down to these two something like that but uh you know outright right. saying that penn state is your favorite school was uh you know, something I wasn't really expecting to get out of Tony because my my previous interactions is, you know, he's usually a more quiet guy, uh, although it was good. And that, that's like maybe the best thing about Under Armour camps is finally putting faces to names and, and getting to know guys. So so that was a, a positive. But I think a lot of guys stood out. I mean, I, do you want to go like positionally through it? Do, what's your thoughts? Sure, yeah. You know, Rumbly through guys. I mean, we, we could start with with quarterbacks. You know, Stone Saunders, yep. the, the 2025 Bishop McDevitt quarterback. Uh, took home MVP honors, and um, you know, from what I saw, it, it was pretty pretty well justified. I, I thought he was pretty accurate in the in the accuracy competition. From what I saw, I didn't get to see everybody, of course, but uh, you know, he had a good performance there. I thought Michael Van Buren, the St. Francis 2024 quarterback, performed well. Uh, he's already, I believe, he earned an invitation to the Under Armour game, right, Greg? I think I, think I he believe did. he has. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. So. Um, you know, I thought I thought he performed well. And of course, he was just coming off a visit to Penn State the day before. And uh, I have positive things to say. Long way to go with him, though. And I don't think, uh, you know, just from a recruitment perspective and an evaluation perspective, I think uh, just, you know, let's let's see how he performs uh, with, with the whole season under his belt. Of course, he didn't start uh, initially last year. And then he came in that De La Salle game, which we're watching highlights of now. 
um, you know, was excellent. It was like 16 and 19, four touchdowns and a, or an ESPN game, right? That's, that's a hell of a way to start your high school career, especially. Yeah. Uh, if I remember correctly, I'm pretty down. sure that, yeah, I'm, I'll just cut you off real quick. I'm pretty sure that performance is what led to him earning that Under Armour All-American game invite so soon in his career. Mm-hmm. Oh, it led to a ton of offers too. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. I was just going through it the other day when I was writing a story, I thought he got like six offers within like three days of, of a game, which, uh, you know, we, you see that happen. Don't get me wrong, but, uh, it's not, it's not every day that, uh, boom, you just, you just blow up like that, uh, after one game, but, uh, Michael's a great kid. I really enjoy talking to him. Stone's a great kid. I've talked to both of them many times and, um, you know, I think Penn State's still evaluating Stone. He's just coming off his freshman year, so they, they don't they don't have to rush that one there. Van Buren, of course, is uh, going to be entering his junior year, so they're you know they've offered him already, and uh, we'll we'll see where it leads down the road. Uh, we'll go to running backs. You know, Marquise Williams, of course, Bishop, another Bishop McDevitt player earned MVP at running back. Uh, I think one of the the negatives of the day for me was just the way. Um, well, first off, the camp kind of got started off a little later, uh, just and that's how it always is with checkout or right. check in. It's always hard, but the the one the one negative for me was just it was hard to watch running backs and linebackers because of when it was taking place. Their their one on ones for the most part overlapped with offensive line, defensive line one on ones, and anyone who goes to these camps like the those O line, D line one on ones are pretty much like the biggest event of the day. So that's where everybody's really focused. And and that made it hard for me to really to watch a lot of the running backs. I mean, Penn State really wasn't isn't really involved with many of the running backs there. You know, I have talked to some people uh at Penn State recently about Marquise and you know they they have kind of said that you know maybe he's looking a little bit better than I think that they initially thought. So I'll be curious to see um if they, you know, kind of step things up. I it, it's all Marquise has always been a great player. It was just always his size. You know, they're they're They've always been a little bit concerned that he's too small for the Big Ten uh, level. So, do you have any thought? I mean, did you get to watch running backs much? I don't. I think we were not really. No. To your point, I mean, I think that Ryan and I and everyone else there, typically, as Ryan said, focuses on offensive line, defensive line, one on ones. But it was even more important, I felt, for us because the only Penn State commit on hand was Anthony Donka, the three-star offensive lineman from Virginia. And so we were zeroed in on that pretty much and didn't get a chance to check out many of the, the running backs and linebackers. We'll get into that in a second. But, yeah, you know, the only thing I would say, Ryan, is that, you know, the quarterbacks had a brutal day to try and be throwing in. And I think mm-hmm. that we would have saw some better performances. But ultimately, you know, if you go back and listen to – any of our podcasts from previous camp recaps or things like that, or if you are a longtime recruiting uh, site member and you read recaps from these, I mean, very rarely do you see a large swath of good feedback about the quarterbacks. This event's just very difficult for that. You know, guys are throwing the receivers they've never met before and conditions typically aren't ideal. So it's not a great surprise to come out of that saying that there are really only a couple quarterbacks worth talking about, but the running backs and linebackers, certainly uh, we wish we would have saw more of them, but yeah, we'll see where they go with Williams to your point. Yeah. It's going to be a matter of whether he overcomes the size questions. I don't think there's there's any question about that. Let's move on to receivers and tight ends. I don't know if you had any thoughts on those groups. Uh, there was a, a London group on hand, for a group from England rather, on hand, and Peter Clark was a tight end in that bunch that I thought had a good day. 
I'm not sure he's on a high power five level, at least not at this point, but someone to keep an eye on maybe for a lower power five group of five offer down the road, something like that. But, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, we watched plenty of the uh, wide receiver defensive back one-on-ones and, you know, I know you have a story up now on one of the defensive backs, but and just, you know, before we move on to the linemen, anything strike your your interest from that group that Penn State fans should know about? Mm, I would say, I mean, Paul Billups won MVP. He's from West Branch, Virginia. Penn State has offered him. I thought Makai White had a decent day. Uh, he's another 2024 player who's actually coming up to visit Penn State this upcoming weekend. Um, you know, so the way it's separated for O-line or for wide receivers, DBs, is it's like two separate sides of the field. And I was kind of focused on one side. So those are a couple of the guys I saw. I watched Emilio Agard. Uh, of course, he's a defensive back. I was really focused on him a lot. Some other guys a uh, little more defensively uh, focused just myself, just because uh, Penn State has more offers out there. Um, but Billups, I thought, definitely um, deserved that MVP honor. He made multiple nice catches and and uh, in, in the uh, – you know, before one-on-ones, you know, doing the gauntlet and other different drills. Um, he certainly got after it. He's got some good size on him, too. So does Makai White. I didn't realize how yeah. big uh, Makai is uh, when, when I really got to, to got an up-close look at him. I mean, he seems every bit of – I think we have him at 6'3", and, and that, that looked pretty pretty legit to me. So be curious to see how White takes off here um, because he, he's, he's really kind of uh, taken off – I don't want to say more than I expected. I, I mean, I expected him to be a good, good prospect, but uh, – you know, added, added some quality offers from, from North Carolina and, uh, you know, I think it was Virginia Tech, West Virginia, a couple others. Uh, and there's, there's some SEC schools checking them, checking them out as well. I think Ohio State, uh, he visited already. So um, just two guys that kind of grabbed my attention. You were you were watching other guys. Did, it, did anybody really kind of stand out to you, Greg? Or No, uh, I think I you know, covered a lot of them to. there. Yeah, I think you covered okay. a lot. I'll just touch on White quick. I had a chance to catch up with him. Uh, we'll have a story up at Blue White Illustrated by the time this podcast comes out. So I'll just cover that real quick in an audio, audible audio sense, rather. Uh, he's going to Florida State April 9th. Of course, you mentioned he's going to Penn State this weekend. Uh, he's going to Ohio State April 16th, Virginia April 23rd. And a lot of schools have big interest in him, including Penn State. And, you know, at this point, it seems like his two main points of contacts are Coach uh, Terry Smith and, and running back Coach Jaywan Sider. I'm sure he's also having plenty of chats with Taylor Stubblefield as well. But he is definitely going to be a guy to keep an eye on here moving forward because schools certainly, uh, I think, continue to show even more and more interest in him. He's, we have him at 6'3", 182, uh, number 209 nationally in the on-three consensus and already a four-star in the class of 2024. So, yeah, he has my eye no doubt about that um and, and yeah kind of the same conversation we had with the quarterbacks it was not a great day to be out running routes really either mm-hmm. and we saw a lot of passes thrown behind there, guys and over the head and things like that yeah go ahead I, I did forget there there were two guys i did want to mention lex cyrus uh susquehanna right. 2025 kid got I, that was my first time really checking him out uh he's he's got a yukon offer already and uh you know i I always like to try and keep an eye on the Harrisburg kids. Obviously, that's an incredibly fertile area for Penn State. So uh, I thought I thought I didn't realize kind of how shifty he is. He's got some good speed to him. Uh, still just a freshman, right? So there's a long way to go yep. there. But uh, Penn State's definitely keeping an eye on that young man. Uh, he, he certainly grabbed my attention. And then uh, Ryan Manning as well from St. Francis. Uh, he's been up to Penn State, I believe, once already, maybe twice. Uh, he was another player who, um, you know, just, just good hands. I didn't really see him dropping too many balls. And uh, we saw plenty of drops. And that was that was something we, we saw a good bit of um, going through one-on-one. So just a couple of other guys that, that grabbed my attention that I wanted to mention uh, as well. Thoughts on Anthony Donko? We got to see him in action for the first mm-hmm. time. He is a big guy. And I thought that 
he was playing some unfair, not unfair is not the right word, but situate, you know, he was playing some tackle in this camp as they were kind of moving guys down the line uh, in terms of who was getting reps. That's obviously, I, I don't think in his future at Penn state, maybe it is, but he looks certainly more of a guard, at least at this point. So, you know, but I thought he held up well when he was matched up against guys that weren't as quick and things like that. And I thought he graded out pretty much as we expected, right? I mean, I think it's clear that he's a big kid and he carries that weight pretty well. Um, but he has mm-hmm. some areas for improvement, like almost every single offensive lineman <laughs> recruit ever, unless your name is yeah. Landon Tangwall or Alex Birchmeyer or something like that. But uh, yeah. I was glad to see him in person for the first time, and I think that you know it's not hard to see why Penn State made a decision to take him as early as it did. Yeah, I, I thought he had good feet, and he, but he needs to work on his technique. You know, like he used yep. use his hands a little bit better. I thought that was good. I mean, originally, I was kind of – um, look, watching some drills, I was get trying to get a better feel for his feet. But when I watched him in, in O line, D line one on ones, I thought he, I thought that 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 was better than what I originally thought when watching some of the earlier drills. So I, I think Penn State wants him to be a tackle. They they really want him to be a tackle. Whether he is a tackle or not, we'll see. I mean, truly, I think listing him as a swing guy right now is probably the the more accurate way to put it. Which you know you can say about so many guys, right? So uh, right. Penn State's the they they always are recruiting those swing guys. So. Uh, but, I, but I thought he held his own. I mean, going up against Mason Robinson, Mason's a quality player who I think will end up at Penn State. And uh, you, you, I think you saw a little bit more of the O-line, D-lines than I did because I was trying to watch Tony Rojas while that started. I mean, from what I saw, it was pretty even between those two. Like, I mean, you know, Mason got him a couple times. Anthony won a couple reps. Did I? Is that fair to say? Absolutely it is. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, and this camp setting can be a little bit weird too. You know, guys maybe have never experienced this before or certainly have never experienced it against the kind of caliber of player that this invite-only camp draws. So I think that once Donko, and I know T. Frank talked to him afterwards and he's well aware that, you know, improving in the pass protection part of things is an area that he wants to concentrate on for the rest of this offseason. But I felt like he got better as his opportunities to be involved in one-on-ones went on. So mm-hmm. I think maybe early it was an adjustment and it was, you know, kind of a, a like one of those wow moments like, whoa, whoa this guy's not what I typically see in pads or I've never really done this before and know what I need to do. And then you, you can tell too the other guys who have been through this before uh, or much quicker out of the gate with that. So, no, it was a good group. It was definitely, I think, out of all the camps we've gone to, probably one of the better ones that uh, yeah. that we've seen. Um, you know, I'm not even going to try. And you, I think you nailed this uh, DeMatha offensive lineman's name <laughs> before, so I may try and let you do that. But yeah. he is definitely an interesting guy to keep an eye on here. Yeah. Um, Olu. I, I don't know how to, how to pronounce this. Okay, well, we'll go with Olu. We'll Olu. start there. Bob, yeah. Babalade. Um, yep. from from the Matha, and man, he's really taken off, and I, I think he's somebody that Penn State seriously needs to consider uh, offering. And uh, man, he was he was dominant um, throughout the day. You know, one, actually, one thing too about Anthony Donko to circle back real quick is that you know Anthony was part of the final five. You know, which like right. at, at the end of these O line D line one on ones, they kind of pick out the best five O linemen that, that the coaches thought and the best five defensive linemen try and pair them up, and you know each of them gets like a, a what two reps or something like that each and. Yep. Uh, and that's how they end it. So it was it was good to note that that Donko made that, and I thought he deserved it. Um, I, I think there's a lot to work with, and you know, getting to see him up close. You know, we didn't really know a lot about Anthony when when he committed, and uh, you know, I got to talk to him. I knew he was a great kid. I knew there was a, there's so much to love off the field, 
uh, and now getting to see him on the field. Um, I, I think Penn State fans uh, should feel good about that commitment. There's there's a lot there's a lot of clay to mold, right? And that, that's kind of right. what you're you're trying to do uh, if you're Phil Troutwine. Uh, but sorry to go back to what we were talking about. Alu uh, Babalade, I believe it's Babalade. I not I apologize, Alu, if that's not it. But man, he did. Did anyone beat him all day? I, I don't think. I, I think I thought I saw four to six reps for him, and uh, he dominated every single one of them. So, and I think he ended the day going against Desmond Umazulu. I believe I pronounced that one correct. Um, and you know, Desmond won MVP honors, and and he shut down Desmond as well. So, of course, Olu yep. was was named one of the uh, O line uh, MVP. So was Anthony Trip or Antonio Trip, excuse me, uh, who of course yep. has since gone on to commit to to Miami and you know Penn State. Uh, looked like Penn State was going to push hard, and then it kind of felt like they once they got Birchmeyer, and, and then they kind of moved a little bit of a different direction. But Antonio is an awesome kid, so I was really happy for him. And um, you know, McDonough just continues to produce products, so that that was good. But uh, yeah. just it, definitely, I thought it was the the best O line D line group that I've seen at least the last couple of years for sure. Yeah, there, there's no no denying that. I mean, you can we can just kind of roll right into the D line. I mean. There are so many awesome names there from Umazulu to Deshaun Womack, Sadir Mitchell. I mean, Sadir Mitchell had some things to say. You want to talk about that a little bit? Because that kind of surprised me a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, I just again, to give everyone a peek behind the curtain here, like when these drills end for each position group, they come over and gather as a group and the organizers announce the camp MVPs and any Under Armour game invites. And usually one of the coaches or maybe a former NFL player or college football star on hand will give a brief speech. And then after that, they do interviews. So, you know, you know, time can be a little bit limited. And now this was the first group that we were able to talk to, Ryan, but they weren't as cold as I think the uh, running backs and receivers and defensive, or I'm sorry, yeah. the receivers and defensive backs were at the end. They just wanted to get out of there. So there were a lot of guys, uh, you know, heading out to their, their family's vehicles or coaches vehicles, however they got there before we even had a chance to talk to them. But still with as loaded as that offensive line defensive line group was, we had to be a little bit strategic in terms of which guys we wanted to talk to And Sidere Mitchell seemed like a no brainer to me. Um, and now I have about four minutes of interview tape and, and that doesn't include much about Penn state. Cause he said, there's not really been much communication there at this point. So that did surprise me. No question about it. He did put them in a list of top schools. He put out not too terribly, long ago uh, four-star defensive lineman from Bergen Catholic really big kid in fact uh, he Penn State leads in the uh, recruiting prediction machine in on three right now but doesn't sound like that will be the case long term so that was interesting you know he's a guy that again a really big prospect uh, is being recruited by a number of schools 6'4 345 thought he had a pretty good day but yeah he says Penn State hasn't really uh, had much communication with him so that's a development of note well, on the defensive line tackle board they had a lot of communication with them at one point, and it just feels like that's, I don't know, maybe Penn State cooled. And I, I mean, Penn State's in communication with them. I still think we could say that, but uh, yeah. it feels like Penn State maybe cooled a little bit, and maybe that uh, has turned Sadir off a bit. So I, I, I still wouldn't be surprised if he makes it back here at some point because he's been here a lot already, and I thought he had a ton of interest. But, man, now he has all these SEC um, trips coming yep. up here in the next couple of weeks that uh, I, I, we – one three report on a couple of weeks ago. So man, I, I'm just uh, surprised. I'm not, I guess I'm not surprised because I, I knew Penn state was trying to, to see where things progressed there. I mean, I felt like Penn state wanted to, to kind of see um, if he, he lost a little bit of weight. Cause I think there was people concerned that he was getting a little bit too big, but uh, he did move well. I mean, and I did think from seeing him and compared to other times I've seen him, you know, especially last summer uh, that he has lost, lost some weight. And I know he was also playing injured uh, last season as well, which probably, 
Uh, when you watch this film, maybe it moved a little bit slower than uh, what was fair. So I'll just be curious to see how that one plays out because that, that did surprise me. I, I, I thought that, you know, he would at least talk about Penn State in, in somewhat of a light, but to just say that, you know, not really interested or slash not talking to them anymore, that kind of perked, perked my attention when you told me that. Uh, I'll, I'll roll in just a couple other guys quick. Uh, Joseph Mapui, definitely really good-looking prospect. I'll be curious to see what happens there uh, yep. because it sounds – He's not going to be eligible at Arkansas Carroll last year. I don't know how much that's really been reported on. I don't maybe I should be talking about it yet, but uh, he's not he's not going to probably be at, at Carroll next year because of his age. Of course, he came over. Um, I believe it's from Congo, uh, where he came over from. So I hope he's just able to land at a at a good uh, prep school or something like that because I, I he has a really good future, and you, you would hate to have to see him take a take a year off or or anything like that. Uh, really awesome young man. I, I really enjoyed talking to him more and. Uh, man, there's so much to work with. I didn't realize how tall he is. You know, I knew he had good length. I didn't realize to to what uh, what length his length was. If that makes sense. Uh, Ernest Wilder, Willer. Uh, we have that. Yeah, Ernest Ernest Willer uh, from St. Paul's High. Definitely a guy that I think Penn State's going to be recruiting hard. Ari Watford is a 2025 prospect from Salem. Uh, man, watch out for this guy. I mean, he already has great offers, so it shouldn't be surprised. I believe he has a handful of solid SEC schools. Penn State's one of them as well. Uh, but he looked like a great-looking prospect. I thought Dylan Fontes from Canarsie uh, up in up in New York was a good-looking prospect that Penn State is interested in. I don't believe they've offered him yet. Correct me if I'm wrong, Greg. I don't think they have. Uh, but he's no. going to be a player that I could see them potentially offering. Uh, he's a 2023 guy. That 2023 board is just so deep, man. We, we've been talking about that for the longest time. Uh, that, you know, I think good players like like Fontes would maybe in a lot of other years would have an offer from Penn State by now. But uh, a lot of good players, man. Umazulu looked great. I thought Mason Robinson, uh, you know, did, did more than uh, hold his own. Uh, just, just how deep this defensive end board is. Uh, it makes sense, right, that there was a ton of defensive ends uh, at the Mid-Atlantic Baltimore region because uh, Penn State yep. thinks that's one of the deepest boards in the region this year. Yeah, no question about it. And, you know, again, it's funny because these camps, you can always tell when it's a good year in a region or a good cycle coming up in a region based on how many guys at these camps already have Penn State offers or Ohio State offers mm -hmm. or Michigan offers or SEC offers. And there was a ton of them, especially along the defensive line. Um, We hit on Rojas earlier, moving into the linebackers. You're listening to the BWI Daily Recruiting Show with uh, Greg Pickle and Ryan Snyder. We're currently recapping the Baltimore Under Armour camp that we all, uh, Ryan, uh, T. Frank and I were able to attend over the weekend in uh, Towson, Maryland. And we talked a little bit about Tony Rojas. I think that's the biggest development to come out of this for Penn State. I don't think it's even close. Uh, I mean, there were some kids that talked highly about Penn State and want to get back to campus and all that. But to me, this guy... I had not seen him in person, and he was maybe a little bit thinner than I thought he was going to be. But other than that, he looks like he can do yeah. just about everything that you want a linebacker to do. His rating is justified, and Penn State's going to have to push uh, here because there are some other schools still pursuing him heavily. But you know, to be in this situation at the end of March is certainly, I think, just about all Penn State fans could ask for beyond a commitment. There's one guy we forget to mention for DN real quick. I have to circle back. Dominic Nichols, who's going to be a yeah. really important player for Penn State. He's a 2024 guy. Uh, 
I already think Penn State's kind of the favorite there. His aunt went to Penn State. There's, I mean, and he and he still a very raw prospect, but man, his speed and agility coming off the edge. I just I had to mention him quick because uh, as I'm looking over the D line list, I was, you know, he was one of the, the guys that you know, as far as Penn State connections go, really, you know, another guy that just man, his speed and off the edge was like, oh okay, I, I get it here. And I think I think on three has him rated pretty good too, which was good because they had him as a four star last week and rivals has him a three star. I'd be curious to see what twenty four seven does, but I, I really feel good about that one. Penn State loves him. Um, sorry to yeah. go back to Rojas. Yeah, it, you know I've seen Rojas a couple times myself, so I, I kind of knew size wise what to expect. I mean, mm-hmm. I think people still kind of expect you know bigger, bigger linebackers, and and Penn State just is, is looking for guys that really know how to play in space, and that's what Tony does best. You know, he, he ran that four five previously, four four shuttle. I mean, the guy can move and, and make quick cuts and and keep with uh, running backs and and you know probably slot receivers as well. And that's that's why he is so highly regarded. Uh, so, you know, another great sign for Penn State. I, I do feel like we'd be, um, you know, not being – we're not giving Clemson its due probably because Clemson is is now a very right. serious player in this recruitment. And the fact that he's going back to Clemson here, what is it, next week or this upcoming week, uh, yeah. you know, speaks to the fact of how much they have moved up his board uh, just from offering, you know, a handful of weeks ago. So – uh, two visits to Clemson in, in less than a month is certainly something to keep an eye on. Uh, but again, you know, he is still calling Penn State firmly his favorite. So let's see where that stands um, after uh, after that visit. And of course, Rojas is coming back to Penn State as well. I wrote about that yesterday. Uh, I think fans know what it is. We'll, we'll keep that to keep that behind the paywall for our subscribers. But uh, he will be back here in the near future. Uh, anybody else in linebacker? I'm trying to think, man, who are we missing? Oh, Aaron Childs. From good counsel, you had a good talk with him. I thought he was a, he was a pretty good player. Uh, Caleb Spencer from Light Christian, he worked out as a linebacker. There's been people wondering if he was a safety or a linebacker. I definitely feel like linebacker is the is the right move there. Um, how about Kofi Taylor Barracks from from yeah. England? Sorry, it was a terrible try. He was he was a pretty good player. Uh, I hope he was a really nice kid too. I, I hope uh, yep. you know I think Michigan State offered him already and uh, Nevada as well. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So just. There's a, it was a solid group of linebackers, but I mean, we'd be lying if we said we got to watch him much, man. Just and and right. uh, and even with that said, like w- there's only so much you can get out of linebackers from these camps. They run well, and running backs we for that matter, people. and running backs for that mm-hmm. matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So right, you know that that's kind of why they just if you, if you have to pick, you have to you have to go towards O line D line. But uh, but yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that Tony Rojas moves well in space. We kind of knew that going into it. I think Aaron Childs is going to be the real deal. Um, yep. And, you know, there was there were some guys here who grabbed my attention, but I'm not quite sure if they're Penn State level yet. The linebacker that the I would say probably about half the, the linebackers there were more G5 guys than power five guys. Yeah, I think that's right. Aaron Childs, NIL will be a part of that recruitment. He said he's learning more about it and he's a young guy, of course. But, you know, as we talked on the show before, if NIL doesn't impact uh, schools significantly in a good or bad way in 2023. It is, ha- and it will. I mean, I don't. We'll see to what level, but by 2024, it might be the most talked about thing uh, around. So, just a quick news note on that. Uh, Nate Bauer has a story up. At, it's over at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. But Penn State announcing a partnership on Tuesday with Altuis, I believe is pronounced. Uh, they, that will bolster their comprehensive NIL program, according to a news release. So we'll learn more about that. But Penn State continues trying to make steps in the right direction on that front. Uh, closing out to look back at the Baltimore camp, I think that it was a pretty good group of defensive backs. Uh, you know, I got the chance to talk to Antonio Cotman 
and I think that he definitely has a strong interest in Penn State. But I think it, I got the sense, Ryan, that number one, he was cold. He was ready to get out of there, uh, as was I, quite <laughs> frankly. So we all were. Uh, we had we something were, in common right? there. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, that one, if I had to have an early sense, I think it could be the first heads-up battle that we see between new Virginia Tech head coach Brent Pry. And longtime Penn State defensive or uh, head coach, rather, James Franklin, uh, Duke, Boston College or schools that are in the mix there, Arkansas and Ole Miss or SEC programs he wants to check out. So um, I think that's going to play out a little bit, too. I get the feeling that he's going to take his officials during the fall, which a lot of guys that we talked to, Ryan, it was weird. I, I really expected more guys to have a plan for their official visits, considering it's almost April, but a lot of guys did not. Uh, but from talking to Cop, and I got the sense that he wanted to maybe cut down the five in the summer, take all five uh, official visits in the fall, and then go from there. Yeah, I think a lot of guys, I think they have more plans than they want to maybe say. Uh, like, right. I've just kind of noticed that over the years. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I think once we get to – the end of April, you, you, you'll, you'll start hearing about that stuff more. I think I think guys know what they want to do. They just don't want to maybe say, like, these are the three schools are going to get officials because they want to always, you know, give that uh, mindset yep. that, you know, everybody's everybody's still very much involved. So uh, a couple couple of defensive backs. Dante Lovett uh, got MVP offers. You know, he's a guy who's been up to Penn State a lot. Not sure if Penn State's going to offer him or not, but I, I feel like he's a, he's a pretty good player. I think a lot of schools just always kind of want to see how fast he can run. So I'll be curious to see what his 40 time yeah. is out of that because we – we will get his 40 times then eventually once they, uh, I'll, you know, open that stuff up. Uh, Braden Lee uh, from Flowers High School down there in, uh, I think it's, I think it's Maryland. He's, he's uh, teammates with Umazulu. Uh, he, he was, he's, he's a legit player. Uh, he earned an MV or he earned an honor, uh, excuse me, he earned an invite uh, to the Under Armour All America game, and he is going to be the real deal. He, I thought maybe he was one of the best uh, defensive backs there. They gave it to Emilio, uh, who, who was fine. Uh, but, uh, you know, to me, just watching guys, I, I thought Braden Lee was was very impressive. Um, Tavon Nelson was a player Penn State just offered, I think, was it the day before was he was at Penn State? Yeah. He was down there. He he performed well. I think Rushon Tung, I believe is, is how you pronounce it, from Chesapeake, uh, is a player. Like, the, the Mid-Atlantic region isn't incredibly deep at corner for 2023. But if I were to to guess who would maybe be potentially be one of their next offers, uh, Tung, um would probably would, would make a lot of sense there. I believe he's from where's Chesapeake. Is it? I think he's from Maryland. Uh, Chesapeake, yeah. Maryland. There's a bunch of Chesapeake high schools, but uh, but yeah, just a couple of guys. Um, you know, KP Price was another one too. He's 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 from Calvert Hall. He visited Penn State the day before. Uh, guy we watched closely and Cameron Chadwick too. Immaculata uh, from New Jersey. He's supposed to Penn, visit Penn State this weekend. I, I talked to him about that a little bit, but uh, solid group. I mean, I think Emilio deserves to be a, a top player. You know that there he he got beat a couple times, but I mean everybody kind of did. It was uh, just miserable experience there at the end of the day. But uh, you're listening to the BWI Daily Recruiting Show. We are talking, wrapping up the portion of the show from the Under Armour camp in Maryland. You can continue reading about all of the players who were there, their takeaways, thoughts on Penn State, when they will visit it more at bluewhiteillustrated.com. It's $1 for one year of access. Ryan, let's roll into a couple maybe not so bits of good news for Penn State, starting with Neo Avery. Decommits Sunday morning from the Nittany Lions. He committed, of course, back on New Year's Eve uh, at the end of 2021. Uh, had the chance to talk to him. He was on hand watching the camp. You know he's injured and expects to be back for his senior season. But 
All told, I think that it, it this is as straightforward of a decommitment as you can get, and it's not the first time it's happened to Penn State in this class. Like Matthias Bornwell, he felt like he committed too soon without taking visits. Penn State prefers its commits to not take visits, of course, so the meat in the middle there is to decommit, go check everything out you want to see, and then decide again. And I think Penn State is 100% still in the running for him, but he wants to go see some other programs and make sure that he made the right call. Yeah, he wants to be recruited. I mean, how many? How, that happens. Also, many guys commit commit too early. You know, you, you feel like you have your decision made. You commit too early. Schools kind of stay in your ear. You know, and 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 you you miss that, right? Uh, I don't want to call it necessarily attention, but you, you feel like you're missing out on something. So, I expect them to visit a bunch of SEC schools. Sounds like Georgia's still very much in the mix, and and they were uh, a school that he was very interested in previously. So, I'll be curious to see what happens there. Look, I mean, just look back at the numbers, man. When guys decommitted, it does not normally end well for Penn State. They, they've had Matthias Barnwell recommit, Michael Parsons recommit, and um, I'm sure that I'm, I'm missing some guys maybe before James Franklin, but uh, there, there haven't been many. So we will see if uh, Avery bucks that trend or not, but uh, this is a loss. This was a player Penn State really wanted, and uh, you know they, they, they were able to talk him into playing defensive end. I'm curious to know if that had – you know, maybe thinking more about tight end and, and Penn State's really kind of thrown their cards on the table. What do you think, Greg? You talked about that? No, I asked him and he basically okay. felt like he can make more money in the future playing defensive end than tight end, okay. which I think is 100 percent true. So now he said that he said that he felt like when he broke his hand back during the earlier part of the season that he wasn't really being maximized at tight end because obviously he couldn't really catch the ball with a broken hand. Mm -hmm. So he flipped over to defense and schools seemed to be interested in that. And it was kind of full speed ahead from there. So now uh, I, I just truly do believe after talking to him that this came down to he had open conversations with Penn State about wanting to make other visits. Penn State, we all know where they stand on that. And I think they kind of agreed that, OK, if you're going to decommit and go take some visits, we are going to recruit you. But at least we all know where we stand at this point. So yeah. uh, time will tell there. But you're right. Usually doesn't end well. No, nope. I mean, he played a lot of quarterback for good counsel, too. Like, I mean, he, he he's all over the place uh, with, right. with different positions there. Quarterback, I think he played split out at wide receiver, tight end. Uh, and, of course, you know, then he switches over to the defensive end and has a hell of a couple games there. And James Franklin was in attendance for one of them, which I believe he told me he had like five sacks in the game Franklin was there for. So we will see. But uh, I think this is this one hurts. And I think guys up in the lash aren't, aren't very happy about it. I, I was I was actually tipped off. They he. He actually decommitted Friday, and uh, there was some talk about it, but I wasn't exactly sure if it was um, legit, I guess you would say. And then, of course, it happens like right when we're at the Under Armour camp. So I uh, wish I would have probably been on, on top of that one a little bit more. But uh, thank you, Greg, for covering that. Of course, you got to go out in the car, right, and sit in the warmth. So uh, I, think it, I think it worked out for you. <laughs> it worked out fantastic. All right, we're coming down the home stretch on this uh, BWI Daily Recruiting Show at the end of March, the last episode of March. Uh, you can find all the daily episodes at youtube.com slash Illustrated with T. Frank, plus wherever you get your audio. Uh, let's just hit on some weekend visitors quick. We're going a little bit longer here than we usually do, but it was a busy end of the month here. Uh, Penn State had a number of guys on campus over the weekend you caught up with a few of them i will let you open the bidding wherever you want as we look at those guys quick yeah mari snowden is probably in my eyes the the top guy who visited this past week at least top 2023 guy um i i think he's he remains an important player for penn state and and, and definitely one of their top uh, safety prospects probably not maybe at the very top of the board but 
you know, I included him uh, on our on our hot boards for a reason. I mean, he he's certainly a take for Penn State, and uh, you know they've got him on campus twice now, so so that's a great sign. And I would expect him to get him back in the uh, in the summer. Where he's going next is kind of still seems to be up up for debate, which may not be a bad thing for Penn State uh, because he has baseball season coming up. Which actually, I think that that alone was a a major uh, reason why it was good to get him back up here because uh, his baseball schedule is really going to impact where he can visit in the coming weeks. I think Carl Parker from, from Texas uh, had a good talk with him. Just kind of curious to see how hard Penn state pursues him more than anything. And I, I think they like him. I'm just, I just need to learn. Sorry, I tapped my mic there. I need to learn. Uh, is he, I don't know what to say, is he a take, but just kind of where's he at on their board? They, they have a, a good, good chunk of wide receivers who uh, have visited previously and, who I, I thought were ahead of him, but now that he's up here, I need to get a better feel for that. But he's very interested in Penn State. I think he's very interested in Texas as well, though. Uh, Texas has a has a big lead in the uh, on three RPM, and uh, I think that's that's fair. Of course, when Texas, I think Texas took Pitt's wide receiver coach, I believe, and he had a very close relationship with him. I'm, I'm don't have the name off. Brendan Marion, you are correct. Yes, yes, good work. Yeah, uh, and that was yeah, um, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I knew. Thank you. I, I knew. I, I knew. I should have had his name. Um, but that, that was a big change there. And then with Texas offering and that close relationship, uh, Texas will, will probably be the favorite if, if they go all out there. Uh, Penn State offered Ar- Arville Reese uh, from Glenville. I'm expecting a bunch of Glenville kids, kids to actually be back here uh, tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, um, which is what, March 30th. I don't believe Arville's coming, but uh, I think Bryce West will be out here. He's a, he's a stud of a player uh, for 2024. But I, I – you know, if he doesn't end up at Ohio State, I'd be I'd be pretty shocked. But uh, West is, I believe, ranked fourth uh, right now by on threes uh, rating. So I mean, he's on pace to be a five star player, and uh, I think he will be here Wednesday. But solid um, group. They offered Tavon Nelson, of course, from Canarsie. Want to get a better feel for that? But uh, I think I think this upcoming weekend and then the the weekend after that are shaping up to be uh, among the biggest when it comes to to visitors uh, moving forward. Yep, Penn State also hosted 2023 receiver Justin Brown on Monday. Uh, had a chance to talk with him. We'll leave most of that over at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com, where, again, you can sign up for just a dollar for one year of access to On3 Plus content and the Lions Den message board. But certainly got the sense, Ryan, that he's another guy to watch. That receivers board is loaded with uncommitted guys that Penn State wants. We know that Rodney Gallagher's at the top of it. He told me on Monday night that he has locked in a couple visits, but he or he tweeted out a couple visits, but he has not yet set a date for Penn State. But he'll be back. I wouldn't worry about that at all. Uh, he's trying to sort things out now that his basketball season has ended, and so you know. But it starts with him. But there are a lot of other guys on that board. It'll be really interesting to see how many they want to take and how this all plays out. It's going to be a loaded board when you offer almost fifty guys, right? Well, <laughs> right. Mean, that's that's what we've seen with Penn State in recent uh, in recent years is they're just they're handing out offers like candy. So, and with Rodney, I mean, Rodney needs to go visit other schools. Like that's what he should be doing right now. He should be going out. Right. We, he knows what Penn State has to offer. He's been here how many times now? Uh, that's why I think you know I firmly feel like he's going to end up here. Uh, but he needs to go out and see the Virginia Techs. He needs to go see Ohio State hasn't offered him yet, but he is going there. And it was at West Virginia, I think, was uh, is, is the visit this upcoming weekend. So I would expect him to go to Notre Dame. I expect him to go to, to, to Michigan as well. Um, but, yeah, that's a loaded uh, loaded wide receiver board. There's a lot of guys to, to like there. But I would still expect Rodney Gallagher to be an elite line when it's all said and done. We've reached the finish line of this edition of the BWI Daily Recruiting Show for Thomas Frank Carr, who did awesome production work for us today. Ryan Snyder, I'm Greg Pickle. We'll catch you next week. Remember to join us at bluewhiteillustrated.com for the latest Penn State news, notes, recruiting updates, and analysis. We will talk to you next week.